Welcome back to another week of Semi-Professional. The intro this week is a little different. Today, it's guys night. I'm here with my good friend, King Christensen. How you doing, bro? Good. Doing good. How's your week been? Good. A little slow. Not great weather, but it's been good. Good. Just chugging along. Chugging along. So, uh, we're out here in Kentucky. Keen and I met when? When were we, like, 12? Little, yeah. Travis, yeah, we were basketball, I think. Craig and Travis were coaches. We were little. Craig and Tra- Oh, I didn't even, I forgot about that. We yeah. like City League basketball. Yeah. Way back, huh? Yeah. And then we started playing baseball when we were about 12. Yeah. 13. Diamond Dogs, yeah. Diamond Dogs. All the way up. Pretty wild. Coach, no. Coach Craig. <laughs> Coach Craig, Coach Hick, Coach Brooks. Yeah. Now we're old. Living in Kentucky. Yeah, so what are you doing out here in Kentucky? Flight instructing. Flight instructing. Yeah. Sounds a lot cooler than it is, but I just teach, basically, teach people to become pilots, so. So you're a pilot then, right? Pilot, yep, yep. Five All right, we're get, let's get into that um, a little later, okay. into the, all the nitty-gritty of the pilot stuff, but you and I, so, I'm trying to think now, I mean, I, I probably should have thought about this more, but we were good friends in high school. Yep, all the way through high school. Played baseball together. Baseball together. When we left on our missions, we were in the MTC. MTC. together, yeah, you are my zone leader in the MTC. You sucked, but yeah, you are still there. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. We've just never been able to get out of each other's hair. Attached at the hip. Attached at the hip. Yeah. You served your mission in Ecuador. Ecuador, yep. So we'll talk Spanish sometimes, joke around in Spanish. Mostly just cuss words now. That's all I remember, honestly. But Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, good times. Now we're, we've both gone to school. I'm still in school. I guess you're technically still in school, too. I'm still, huh? yeah. Yep. Professor Christensen. Professor Christensen. <laughs> I'm definitely not... Pro- I'll never be Professor Collister. Very different world. Yeah. You and I sometimes... So when I moved out here to Kentucky, Keane drove with me 26 hours? Something, yeah. I lost track after. 26 hours in the U-Haul. And um, we talked a lot of... About a lot of different things on that ride. It probably would have been good to like... Podcast that. Just record it. It would have been miserable to edit it, but yeah, it would have been good to get some of it. We probably said some things that were better left unrecorded, yeah. but... Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Probably but, 90% of my days probably better left unrecorded. I remember though, in the car, one of the things that I thought was funny was talking about conspiracy theories. Because it turns out you and I have a little... Yeah, we'll get into them. We get into them pretty deep. What, what's like a conspiracy theory that you believe? You know what's funny? When I saw the moon landing one, that was a, <laughs> that was a big one. That the I, moon landing. That I uh, I had a friend in high school, Mooch. I mean, you guys, you know Mooch, Tyler Hansen. Yeah, Tyler Hansen. Shout out to Tyler Hansen. Shout out to Tyler Hansen. He got me into a lot of deep conspiracy theories. Don't even know. Um, I think he still believes probably about 90% of them. But a big one was the moon landing one. You know what? The more that I fly, and the more that I learn about uh, the atmosphere and how it works and everything, the less I truly understand about it. You know, and the more skeptical I get about <laughs> somebody being able to take something and flying that far away. So, what's yeah, what's know. like the basis though for the moon landing conspiracy? Because so, I mean, I don't even know a whole lot about the moon. What year was it even? Beats me. 90s, something like that, I think. Oh, no, before we can, that. We can look it up real quick. Let's look it up. 
during the Cold War, right, right after the Cold War, 69, 70, something like that. This is September 1959. Ooh, 59. Okay. 59. Yeah, there's no way it was real then. So explain <laughs> explain to me, though, why you don't think it's no, I'm real. I'm just kidding. Based off what, though? I mean, I'm just... I, I, there's a little bit of, like, a political race going on then, too, right? Yeah, I mean, my whole thesis is built around, I guess, YouTube videos, which, now that I say it out loud, it's probably not the greatest... <laughs> I mean, it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's a conspiracy theory. It's a bunch of people just still living in their parents' basement making YouTube videos. But, I mean, I don't know. I just, as I learn more about the atmosphere, like I said, and how air density works and all that crap, I truly don't understand it still. And I just, like, it. I can't wrap my head around trying to fly something that far. One of the things for me that kind of makes me... I mean, I don't know if I believe it 100% or not, but... I mean, this was, like we just looked, 1959, and we haven't gone back to the moon since then, have we? No? I mean, they're building things now. I think Elon wants to put people on Mars, right, is it? Yeah, on Mars. I mean, I'm sure you put a golf course up there. Your dad will probably be one of the first ones to go play. Yeah, he'll he'll for sure get a... But <laughs> one of the first tickets up there, if there's a golf course. That's what I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting. It's a long ways. It's just a long ways away. Yeah, it is a long ways. Yeah, a, a conspiracy, I believe, for sure, 100%, is that Mattress Firm, this is, I mean, changing subjects now, but I think Mattress Firm launders money. 100%, yeah. We, even here, and we live in this little area at Hamburg. Keen, ironically, lives like three blocks away. Just a stone's throw away. Yeah, just a stone's throw, but... um. Mattress Firm, I think there's three stores in this little area called Hamburg, and I've never seen anyone in the store. It's the biggest store in the strip mall, too. Yeah, that's, it is. the biggest store, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen YouTube videos, once again, maybe not the best research for conspiracy theories, but I've seen YouTube videos showing other Mattress Firm locations, and there's several stores in very close proximity, no one's ever in the mattress firm. I mean, I don't even know anyone that goes into a mattress store to buy a mattress. Yeah. I mean, Costco. You just kind of get online and order one, I think. You order one from Amazon, it shows up like... You unroll it and it... Yeah. With all the air sucked out, you open it up and it springs up. But mattress firm, for sure, launders money. That's another one. Oh, another one that you talked to me about that I thought was really interesting was Tom Brady and Giselle. Oh, yeah. The, the whole uh, Bitcoin thing going on. Yeah, so the, supposedly, I'll, I'll let you FTX. tell FTX. So there's a cryptocurrency platform called FTX that is going bankrupt or has gone bankrupt. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And Tom Brady was involved in that? How does it work? Yeah, he had, his own, he had his own hand in it, his own currency, everything. And, I mean, I, same thing, YouTube. I have a lot of spare time, obviously. Uh, yeah. Between flights? Between flights, yeah. I just sit there and watch conspiracy theories on YouTube. Um, when I should be learning about air density. But, um, yeah, basically they got they got divorced so that as he continues to go through um, legal battles and whatever it may be for advertising, basically a scam. They don't lose all of their assets. As we know, you get divorced, your wife gets 50-50 split. They at least keep half the house or you know half the cars whatever it may be pretty interesting i'm just saying yeah he is he's the goat for a reason and i think he finagled his way out of this one too you know 
It is a pretty interesting argument. Gotta give it to him. Because I think he had hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. In FTX or invested in FTX. Oh, in FTX, I don't know. In general, yes, hundreds of millions. I mean, I think she makes more than he does, probably. That's I've heard that. So, I mean, I don't know if that's up. true. I mean, we we all kind of the best do it. Yeah, the best. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, we managed to do it somehow. Yeah, we did. So shout out to our great wives, Lexi and Summer. Shout out. Holding, holding, holding down the fort at all it, times. Holding it down. Anyways, conspiracy theories. Good times. Yeah, they're interesting. You know, can't spend too much time on them, but yeah, because I've I've kind of I've kind of learned about myself at least that. I'll believe any conspiracy theory if I listen to someone talk about it long enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll get on a deep dive, like a rabbit hole on Instagram. and Yeah. One time I watched a video, and then after I go, I, I can't even remember. It might have been summer, probably not, but I go, do you think the Earth's flat? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, what are you talking about? And I go, well, I just watched the video, and she goes, please don't start this right now. My brother-in-law, Devin, believes it's flat. And honestly, whenever I try to like debate him about it, he'll bring up some points, and I don't. We just <laughs> got to end the conversation because, I mean. Can, can you see if the Earth's curved flying? Uh, I don't really get that high. I mean, you can see some stuff. Like when you're flying over a body of water, you can just kind of, it just disappears, though. I, the Earth's so big. Yeah, it's. I heard Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's an astrophysicist, I believe. He said that if you compared, the Earth is so smooth. I mean, think about like Mount Everest, the deepest depths of the ocean and the trenches of the ocean. We've never, yeah, there's, that's another oh, thing we could get into. Huh? Yeah, tell me about that. Never been in the ocean, <laughs> been in the moon. That's a good point. <laughs> but anyways, he said that if you... Earth would be more smooth than the smoothest cue ball ever made. It's that perfectly round and smooth, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, that is. That's that's not my words. That's an astrophysicist, and he supposedly has a lot of weight to throw around in Dang. that area. But Huh, yeah. Anyways, hmm. love me a good conspiracy yeah. theory. So, let's get... Let's get back to flying. Okay. Because I find your job and your career a lot more interesting than dentistry sometimes. Yeah. Depends on the day, you know. Well, I feel like my world has gotten a lot smaller. I mean, we're looking at like a tooth or a mouth all day long. And you fly to like, you're like, yeah, I flew to Tennessee today or I flew across the country. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you need your teeth a lot more than you need someone flying you around. But yeah, it's uh, different. What what made you want to become a pilot honestly i don't know i mean so yeah i served my mission came back was going to school working in a cabinet shop i just knew that i didn't really like enjoy the day-to-day you know nine to five like just um i guess monotony i don't know how you'd word it or whatever you'd put but i just didn't really like waking up and doing the same thing every single day i knew i needed like something different whether that would be i don't know flying or whatever it was so I went and flew with my cousin a couple of times who's also a pilot um then I kind of started looking at that I saw how big of a pilot shortage there's going to be and I just thought it'd be a good career to get into and it's been I mean it's been awesome it's it, like for work yeah I just go fly to North Carolina and back or something you know I mean it's, it's pretty cool yeah it's fun it's 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 definitely fun but there's pros and cons to it but yeah it's been good so far so how does like let's say I want to become a pilot 
How does that, how does that work? Do you have to, cause you went to undergrad, right? And took, had to take classes. Well, yeah, yeah, you can go two ways. Uh, there's two major ways, part 61 and part 141. So they operate under different regs, uh, regulations, rules, laws, whatever you want to put it. Um, I went through a part 61 type of school, which is um, just more like fast track, I guess you could say. They have a lot more liberty with the uh, curriculum and, and everything. Whereas now I instruct here at a university, it's part 141. So you get your bachelor's degree along with your certificates to fly. Is there, I, is there any benefits to doing that route where you get your bachelor's degree? So I think, um, I mean, yeah, you get your bachelor's degree, you get your degree in like aerospace science or um, professional pilot or, or whatever it may be. And I think in the past, maybe like three or four years ago, it would have been more enticing when Delta required a four-year degree or a lot of other majors or um, legacy airlines required a four-year degree. Now they're hurting so bad for pilots that they just, you know, I mean, they don't require it. It's still kind of encouraged to have it, but it's not definitely a requirement like it used to be, you know. So you can kind of get away as with the Part 61 type of um, approach to it opposed to in the past. And as far as time difference, the Part 61 is a lot quicker, right? Yeah, for me, I mean, so there's not every school goes as fast as where I went. I went to ATP in Arizona, and I got through. They say seven months. It took me eight. That was from no time flying at all to my multi-engine instructor rating, which it's my seventh certificate that I got. So seven and eight months is pretty pretty good. It was a lot. It was pretty heavy, but, it, I mean, it was fun. It was good. And pilot school is kind of like, I mean, I feel like everything is kind of like a club. Like even in dentistry, it feels like it's a club a lot of the times of you have to do... Got to pay your dues. Yeah, you got to pay your dues. You have to do this many denture cases because I had to do that many denture cases. And you have to learn this and do it this way because I learned that. And pilot training, the instructors are like pilots, right? Like they're the ones who pass off your certifications. Yeah, and the people that you get tested by are also pilots or ex-pilots, so... I mean, like, going through training, you learn how to fly cross countries with a paper map, essentially. A paper map, and you learn to calculate winds and fuel and all that crap. And nowadays, you put it in a GPS, you put it in your laptop or your iPad, and it has the weather already on there, has the winds, fuel, everything. So, I mean, yeah, times are changing. We learned how to do it. You have to learn how to do it old school because that's how they learned how to do it, right? So... You got to do their it's, way. But. It's probably beneficial though too if you're up there and then like your iPad, I don't know, like if it fell down yeah. and it broke, you at least know how or to. Died. Do, yeah, if it died, you just know how to do the basic calculate wind and all of that stuff. Yeah, or right? if you lose your GPS or something, you could use different sources of navigation to get where you need to go. So yeah, I mean, it's good, but at the same time, it's some of it's overkill. Like I think you would, I mean, you'd probably agree. Some stuff <laughs> in dentistry is like, why are we still doing this crap? But, but it's good. It's good to learn. It definitely, I feel like, made me a better pilot in some ways. Yeah, I've heard from several sources that you're an excellent pilot. Depends on the day, like I said. Some days I'm... Some days well, I'm you're, st- you're still alive, so... <laughs> yeah, still alive. That's the irony of it, because I actually Googled this right before you came over. And within the last month, I found four articles of dentists... That died in private plane flights. Dentists that fly? Dentists. Died? Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't know why, but I feel like I've heard on more than one occasion, like, 
dentist. Someone's buddy. Flying yeah, flying around. in a plane, and then the dentist died. So that might be you and I one day. Yeah, that's where a lot of problems happen. You know, that or where alcohol's involved. But good for us. We don't drink. Yeah, knocked one, one of them down. But yeah, I mean, there's dangers and everything. That's a big thing. Everyone always gets worried. Like asking my wife, "Does oh you're comfortable with him flying?" It's like, you can just as easily get killed by somebody on the on the on ramp going to work every day, you know. I'm yeah, I'm sure there are more car crashes. However, yeah. once I make it to work at the dental office, you're not too worried about it. Probably not a whole lot of yeah. <laughs> a whole lot of uh, imminent to work danger. Is the safe there. part for me, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and you can once you. So how does it work? Because you you did your eight months down in Arizona ATP, yep. and now you. You're technically still a student, or how does that... So I'm um, I'm commercial rated, but I only have... So I just got about 500 hours. I just hit 500 hours almost. So You've been flying a ton here. I have been flying a ton here, yeah. When the weather's good, it's been good. Um, a lot of students, not a whole lot of instructors. I mean, we got like 20-something. But we had about 70 kids enroll in the fall. So Eastern Kentucky University is the only um, 141 school for aviation in the state. So, oh, that's so it pulls in a lot of like um, Indiana, Southern Ohio people, you know, Northern Tennessee. Um, so it's been good. I've, I've flown a ton. But how it works is in order to qualify for your ATP certificate, which is your basically certificate to fly for the airliners, right? Mm-hmm. You got to have um, either, so if you go 141, you can get a restricted ATP and you can have a thousand hours and go fly for them. 121 operation, or you got to have like me, I got to have 1500 hours to go fly for a 121 operation. So got about a thousand more to go, but at the rate I'm going, hopefully next, next winter, I'm, I'm on my way flying. Commercial it should somewhere. take, yeah, it should take you right around a year. Yeah. A year from now. Hopefully. And that's pretty quick, right? Yeah. It's pretty quick. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm averaging like 80 a month. So yeah, 15 months. Because I graduated 250, so I needed 1250 to get there. But yeah, it's it's going good. It's going quick. Um, I'm going to do a lot of fun stuff out here. Like I didn't really have to wait around to do uh, some check instructor stuff, some multi-engine stuff. It's fun. You know, it's just kind of just break it up. Because if you're doing the same stuff every single day, it's like teaching driver's ed. Yeah, know? it's true. But then you're also teaching, I guess you could teach like, cdl and stuff like that so it's kind of fun being able to to shake it up a little bit and do something new and, and comparatively the airspace here yeah is a lot less busy than arizona right wasn't the yeah. one in arizona really busy yeah it was super it's one of the busiest training airspaces in the in the country where i came from yeah and then in eastern kentucky not so much <laughs> and then coming here yeah we got like one towered airport within like 100 nautical miles or something just kidding not that far but it's like 50 or 60 so yeah, you got here or Louisville, and you can head down to Knoxville, I guess. But um, yeah, it's pretty pretty chill. It's a good place to to teach and to help people learn. Now, a lot of fields too. If something goes wrong, a lot right? of fields. Not a lot of mountains, which is good. So yeah, if you lose that little spinner thing on the front, you can put it down <laughs> somewhere. Hopefully, a lot yeah. Of you green, guys are finding those fields. little Cessnas that you turns into a kite. It's like a lawnmower. <laughs> it's like a lawnmower. Yeah, a lawnmower with wings. But yeah. And when you get done flying, so you've got however many hours left, what's your plans? Like what? It honestly, it, is the best job like to go work for like an airline or how does that work? Yes. Um, and no, I mean, the sign on bonuses right now are supposedly 
Insane. Yeah, you get yeah, they're compensating very well. Um just because of the shortage of pilots, you know. And no one wants to stay at like the regionals longer than they have to because there's so much money to be made and there's such a demand at the higher level. But there's a lot of ways to go about it. And I didn't realize how big the aviation world truly was until I got into it. And I'm still like finding about jobs all the time, even out here. I mean, if you can get in with some rich dude flying his private jet around, that could be the best job ever. That'd be a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. And if, if you know him well and it's a good gig, yeah, it'd be awesome. But right now the plan is go regional, Sky West or something. And then I haven't really decided if I want to go like Delta or cargo, like UPS or FedEx or something, long-term, long, long-term. But What would be the pros and cons of each? So uh, so Delta would be like commercial. Yeah, Delta would be commercial. And then UPS is like flying the big 777s yeah, into China and back, bo- right? Bohemians, yeah. And the, the difference, major difference between those two is you operate under a different set of regulations. You're not hauling people. You're hauling cargo, right? So you get a little more liberty with some stuff. You can fly in a little bit worse weather and whatnot. Um, pay is a big thing. Cargo gets paid more than than commercial guys. Ballpark, what, what's like the cargo average? It depends you know? on what you're on. But, I mean, yeah, up to three, four, five hundred bucks an hour. Oh, yeah. that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. It depends on what you're on. It depends on the job you bid. depends on the trip, everything. That's the weird thing about aviation is it's super, um, it like it is a, I don't know how you, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a steady job, like a, what's the consistent. word? Consistent. Consistent, mm-hmm. yeah. But you also have the liberty to kind of bid and work as you get seniority when you want, you know? Oh, that's nice. So it is a club. The people that have been in the club the longest get Exactly, yeah, it's all seniority. So when you start, you get the shaft, you work in Christmas, Thanksgiving, and then as you work your way up, you're getting the trips to the Bahamas and back, and you're getting the trips to Hawaii and back, you know. And if you but if you did do that, so your cousin that's a pilot, his family members can ride with him if there's a seat available, right? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how it works. I think it's different depending on especially at a regional who you're flying with or at a legacy or whatever and your your actual rank first officer or captain but you get buddy passes people can ride ride with you you can jump on planes here and there so that's a major perk yeah traveling so later on when you do get the trips to hawaii or the bahamas you could have lexi hop on there and just yeah lexi will just be a little sidekick right in the side cart that's not going around yeah that's the goal yeah because i guess if you plan it out right you could have like a week-long layover somewhere right yeah you could do i remember one night last christmas my uncle well great uncle just retired i guess from delta but we were hanging out and they came over and visited and they just got home from a a one-nighter in new york and they were just telling us they flew he flew to new york so his wife went with him and they ate dinner and they flew back the next day but i mean yeah you get paid free trip to go eat dinner in new york so pretty cool it's a different lifestyle definitely it's a lot different than a normal nine to five well your world gets a lot smaller i guess right yeah i mean you're flying across several states a day yeah you're and back and yeah you because your commute too you were telling me once i think you could live in like north carolina let's say but be stationed out of tennessee so then you just fly t- like your commute is just from north carolina to tennessee yeah your commute just jump on a plane 
get there and then fly your leg and then fly back to North Carolina. Yeah. That's kind of wild. Yeah, it is. It's weird to think about because it's a lot different than most careers. But, yeah, it is uh, It's unique. It's fun, I think. It'll always keep Lex and I on our toes, you know, just kind of... It's cool. Seeing where we'll end up and what we'll do. But we kind of... We've liked moving around so far. It's been fun. Learning. This is your fourth state. Fourth state, yeah. Utah, Utah, California, Arizona, and now Kentucky. It's fun. And as far as business, like, careers go, is there any way that you could own your own flying business or school? or? Yeah, you could, yeah. You is it a little bit more difficult? I just really like, that's one of the things I like about dentistry is the business aspect of it. You can own your own practice. You can own multiple practices. You can, there's yeah. a lot of ways to branch out and franchise if you will i don't know if that's the right word but how could you do that offline yeah a major problem right now is the position i'm in so getting from you need 250 hours to get your commercial certificate right so i got 250 to get my commercial cert and then you need 1500 hours or a thousand hours to fly for regional what are you going to do for those 750 or 1250 right so you can instruct, you can do banner towing, you can do crop dusting if you want to die. You know, there's just... Is crop dusting <laughs> dangerous? Oh, they fly low, huh? Yeah, there's just like pipeline flying, stuff like that. You can do like surveying. There's a bunch of crap you can do. And then you can obviously at 500 hours or so, that's kind of like the golden number to get to. A lot of jobs open up. A lot of cargo, um, 135 stuff kind of opens up. But that's probably where you'd want to invest and create a company is helping people get from that 250 to the minimums required to fly for regionals or whatever it may be that they want to do, you know, whether that be a flight school or a surveying school or a surveying company or tours over the Grand Canyon, you know, stuff like that. Oh, so it could be pretty, there's a lot of things you could do. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. There's a lot you could do. You know, I mean, Hawaii, uh, parachuting is a big, skydiving is a big one, flying people around skydiving. That's in Arizona where I was at. We had a bunch of skydiving planes, people doing that. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways. You can I do just, it. I don't understand. I mean, I took a physics class in undergrad. I just don't understand how they get off the ground still. No, yeah. I know there's lift and there's Bernoulli's principle. And, and, yeah, I don't get it. They yeah. just, it doesn't seem when you see those huge triple sevens, those big cargo planes take, it doesn't make sense. No, no. And yeah, like I said, the more I learn, the less I understand because will take off max weight like 2500 pounds max takeoff weight and one of those planes will put on 20 tons of fuel it's like what what it doesn't make sense <laughs> oh yeah it's crazy but and they're just up there floating yeah cruising essentially yeah have you ever had anything well let's take a step back so on our i want you to tell the story because i think it was funny when we were on our um, adventure from Utah to Kentucky in that t- big old beautiful 26-foot-long U-Haul, we took some time and we learned the states and capitals. We did, yeah. States and capitals, we learned the, uh, what was it, the phonetic I, alphabet? You, so you already knew the phonetic alphabet. You taught me the phonetic alphabet. So we were practicing. Funny story, that night when we booked our hotel room, <laughs> the lady that was confirming our hotel room, she asked... Keen, who was on the phone, and this was literally within an hour 
Within, yeah, I'd probably say 30, 25, 30 minutes. Like, of me having learned it? Yeah. She goes, could you, re-? it was our last name. It was, she was like, he's like, the last name's Coloster. And she's like, could you repeat that to me phonetically? And Keen just looked at me like, I'm ready for this. And then I remember Charlie, Alpha, Super Lima. Super Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. She had to repeat it. Could you slow down, please? Yeah. Anyway, so you guys use that a lot. Yeah. Have you ever had a mix a mix up on comms or said the wrong word i have yeah yeah i uh so i trained at was a um a delta airport obviously no one probably knows what that is but it's like a towered airport so you have a tower anytime you want to do something you got to communicate with them and then they'll let you know if you can do it and what to do so they try to just throw you in the plane and have you do as much comms as you can and my instructor was super protective of the comms Anytime I'd mess up, he'd jump in and try and make everything smooth. And I remember before this flight, I actually told him, I was like, dude, you need to let me mess up. Keep in mind, you're in an extremely busy airspace, too. Yeah, extremely busy. We got, like, that day, we had, like, fighter jets doing TO, like, takeoff and landings there. There was, yeah, it was extremely busy. We had three runways. It was busy. But you remember learning Spanish. The only way to learn it is you just got to mess up, like... You just got to make a fool of yourself, get laughed at. It is what it is. You just got to try. And my instructor wasn't letting me, wasn't letting me mess up. He was kind of babying me, coddling mm-hmm. me along the way. So I kind of had a talk with him before the flight. Hey, man, <laughs> just let me mess up today. And he's like, okay, yeah. So we don't even get off the ramp. We fire up. I'm requesting our taxi instructions. And the first thing you do is you repeat back the, the information you have is coded with an alphabetical letter. So starting with alpha, it goes all the way through Zulu, A through A to Z throughout the day. And we were at um, India. So we were at information India. India, that's the phonetic I. word for I, India. India. And I said Indiana, which obviously doesn't sound like much. I mean, it's pretty close. I thought it was, I thought it was close. So I just said, hey, gateway ground, blah, blah, blah. We were, we had India, did the whole thing, and the guy just came back on the comms. And that, I mean, there was probably 30-something people at least out ripping around in their space that heard it. He just comes back on the comms just laughing, and he's just like, you want to try that again? And I was, and my instructor just right away just jumps on the comms, and he's just, India, sorry, as a student pilot, blah, blah, blah. And the tower's like, yeah, I know. Like, no, <laughs> no, no one that's not a student pilot is going to mess up yeah. India with India. And he's like, yeah, you guys can go ahead and taxi. But that was the first time I actually like messed up, messed up, and no one can see you and no one knows who you are. But the secondhand embarrassment was it was pretty bad. I was blushing. It's a club. It's a club. I'm sure people were laughing, but have whatever. you ever had any students mess up? Oh yeah, yeah, it's painful. But I guess your airspace here is it doesn't even have a tower, does it? No, but when we go to like Lexington or Louisville or something, and, and uh, it's also crippling because they don't get to practice a lot of the comms because they don't have tower. Whereas, like, day one in Arizona, it was comms the whole time, right? Tower the whole time. So, here, when we go to, like, a towered airspace, it's painful to listen to. It really <laughs> is. It's, you just, like, I have to put my hands in my pockets because I'll, I'll be that guy. And I'll, like, try to get on the comms and correct them. But you just got to let them suffer. And the tower guys get upset because they're, like, repeating stuff four or five times. And they're like, try it again. Try it again. They know, though. But yeah, they know. It's still it, frustrating because it's, I mean, it's stressful, right? Yeah. Hey, turn left. Okay, we're going to turn right. Nope, left. Right. Nope. Left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, so. That's pretty funny. It is fun, though. It's you've great. got a lot of stories. What would you say, I mean, you've told me a bunch. What, 
Thankfully, you're alive. You're here. What's the closest you felt to death while flying? Or the scariest thing that's happened to you flying? I haven't really felt um, close to death. But I think um, with anything, once it gets out of your control, it's scary. Right? Because once you have control of the situation and everything, it's not bad. You know? Because you can kind of... You've been trained, you know the steps, you have a checklist, you have whatever you got to do to get through whatever you're going through. And so as long as you can control the situation, it's good. Only time it gets scary is when something happens, like some variable, whether that be weather or something, and you can no longer control what's going on. I think the only time I was actually kind of out of control with what was going on is we were flying to California. And it wasn't, it was like springish time and this is before you were instructing yeah i was still a student but i was with another student so at atp we do these crew flights to simulate life on the line as a commercial pilot you'll be flying with others other pilots right so we flew from phoenix to san diego and uh, i think we stopped like halfway and fueled up but we fueled up whatever we took off again and it was kind of like um later at night and early morning, you get like a, a marine layer in California that kind of covers like fog rolls in off the ocean. Okay. And it's like a, they call it the marine layer. It's like fog. You can't really see, makes it kind of difficult. And for some reason, performance, which is like our ability to fly and climb was super, super low as we were going over these mountains. So going into California, it's pretty flat all through Arizona. There's actually a point right before you get into California it's called Imperial. It's where like the Blue Angels train. And the field elevation is below sea level. So you can... That's eat. interesting. Yeah. It's just on the other side of all those mountains that run right along the coast. Oh, it's like a little valley or yeah. something? Yeah. Yep. So we're flying over that. Great performance because we were only at like, I don't know, six, 7,000 feet. But then these mountains come up, so you got to climb up. So we climbed up, I think, like either to eight or 10,000 feet. And as at 10,000, we're climbing over the flying over the mountains. And... I wasn't flying. No, I was flying. Sorry. I was flying and my buddy was in the other seat. And we're at 10,000 talking to approach, getting set up for whatever approach we're going to fly into San Diego. Um, there's the marine layer. We're above it. We're above the clouds. So we're going to have to shoot down through the clouds to land. So you shoot up these approaches and everything. And all of a sudden, I look down and we have a little instrument that shows us our feet per minute up and down so it shows us like if we're trending up if we're climbing okay. if we're trending down and it just showed like a steady descent at like two or three hundred feet per minute and i was like is that pretty quick or uh yes and no i mean 300 feet per minute or would that be like you're slowly getting pushed down kind of yeah you're just slowly sinking like 300 feet per minute in 10 minutes you lose three thousand feet so if oh, we're at ten thousand within 20 minutes we're losing six thousand feet right so some um, quick math pilot. <laughs> so we're cruising over these mountains and I'm like, what the heck? We're sinking. And my buddy's like, yeah. So I kind of pitch. We have airspeeds you pitch for for best climb. That's kind of how you gauge in an aircraft how to climb and everything. So I add power. And pitch, pitch means you're trying to climb, Yeah, right? I'm, I'm pushing the nose up and I'm adding power and we're still sinking. And now we're getting slow. And I'm like, what in the world? And then the tower lady comes over the comms and she's like hey are you guys okay you're like 500 feet low and i'm like yeah we're okay we got this 
so I add more power. <laughs> and I'm all the way, I'm full power. And I'm pitched like probably eight degrees up, which is where we usually want to pitch to get our um, best rate of climb, which is to get some altitude. So I got the nose up, full power. We're, I mean, pushing 70 knots, which is slow, but for us, that's around where we climb. And we're sinking like 400 feet per minute, 500 feet per minute. And it's just going up. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And she comes back on, hey, you guys are now a thousand feet low, everything okay? And my buddy in the right seat's stressed out. He's like panicking. Well, he's, yeah. He's trying to talk. I'm panicking. I'm sweating. He's trying to talk to me like, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, I'm checking the, the gas, the fuel. I'm, I'm full power, everything. You know, I'm looking over, making sure we didn't lose like a magneto. I don't know. I was just going through, like I said, checklist because you control, you can control. And once I realized, I'm like, dude, we're just in a downdraft. Like, we just can't, we can't climb. Oh, you're getting pushed down, yeah, literally. Yeah, pushed down. And uh, um, we probably lost, I think we lost close to 2,000 feet. And we were probably 35 to 4,000 feet above the mountains. So, I mean, we were pretty close to terrain at that point. A little closer than you want to be with clouds, right? We couldn't see. Did the air traffic control lady? She did was you tell freaking her, out. She did you tell her that out. my buddy kind of froze up a little bit, and I just kind of got on there and I was like, "Hey, we're 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 full power. We're getting some icing, and uh, we can't climb for some reason." And she's like, "Okay, um, like, what do you guys want to do?" And I'm like, well, "I'm just gonna keep going. I'm not turning around. I don't yeah. know what to do." And then, yeah, somehow we just kind of maintained the altitude we were at, and we just kind of floated in at that altitude. Performance got better as we got closer, but then we just kind of started descending anyways. But that was the only time where I was like, I have no control over what's happening right now. Like I'm doing everything I need to be doing and it's just not. Mother going Nature. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of. It was, oh, my palms are sweaty. That makes It was me... good though because when we landed, um, it was a huge learning experience for me and my buddy because you did everything you're supposed to do and it turned out okay because you were like we put in our time before. You know, we before that situation to know what to do. Whereas if we would have not been prepared, it could have, I don't know. Those checklists are important though, right? Just because yeah. it's kind of the muscle memory of... Yeah, yeah, they're very important, yeah. Have you ever locked up on a checklist? Um, spin flight. <laughs> Tell me about Which that. Which is the, it's just the flight you have to do to get your, um, to become a certified flight instructor. Everyone has to go up and do spin training, which is an uh, uncoordinated stall. So a stall is when the aircraft loses lift, and then you purposely make the plane uncoordinated, meaning you stall one wing more than another wing, causing you to either invert or just kind of spin. And Invert upside down, right? Yeah, you could be inverted. Yeah, you could, I mean, it could happen in a number of ways. But I went into the flight prepared. I studied. <laughs> I had the you four knew your steps. checklist. Oh, I had it down. Pair, power idle, ailerons, whatever. Um, and yeah, I died. I would have died. <laughs> what happened though? So, because you were with an instructor, right? Yeah, I was with an instructor, and he just told me he's like. So, hey, did you know you were going to do the spin? Oh, 100 percent. And I still lock up. Yeah, he told me he's like, just pretend I'm a student. Okay. All right. He's like, we're going to go ahead and climb. So he was flying. He had okay. the controls. And he said, we're just going to go ahead and climb here. Teach me how to do a power on stall, which is where you do full power and you stall. I'm like, okay. So I'm walking through it, you know, pitch up. Make sure you stay coordinated by stepping on this rudder, which is like your foot foot pedals, right? Um, right when I tell him that, I see his right leg lift up about like mid-belly, like 
Like he was going to stomp. High, and he was going to stomp. Smashing a whole soda can. Stomps on the rudder. Next thing I know, I'm just staring down at sand. And we're just spinning. <laughs> I can't even imagine. And I had it memorized. And I knew it was coming. I saw him do it. And I still just sat there. And so he recovers. It's really quiet in the plane. And I'm just sitting there. And so you would have been dead. Oh, yeah. And he just goes, you're dead. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. I'm like, I know. Yeah. And so we did another one. That one I did um, recover from. And then I did a couple myself. And then he did another one that I kind of took the controls from him and saved us. But that's why they have you do it. Because if that happens for the first time with the student, chances are... Yeah, you're, you're dead. Not, yeah, you're not going to recover. So We're watching about it on the news channel. Yep, I become a hashtag or something at that point. But no, it's good. It was fun. Once I got the first one out of the way, it was really fun. But Oh, that makes me sick, thinking about it. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, it was probably my funnest fight I've ever been on. Really? Yeah, it was super fun. Once you got the first one out of the way. That's crazy. Yeah. Define... You know, I like talking to you because drilling plastic teeth only gets so exciting. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, flying's cool. You yeah. go, you see a lot of cool places. You've seen a lot of cool properties and houses out here. Yeah, I got, I'm sure people hate it when we're just buzzing over their farms out here in Lexington. But yeah, <laughs> seeing multi-million dollar farms and yeah, it's pretty, it's fun. It, you got to keep it fun though. It can get. A little monotonous like anything else, but you just gotta, yeah, you just gotta change it up. Yeah, it's meant to be enjoyed. Dude, we've already been going 40 minutes. It is, yeah, it's cruising. This has been fun. To Let's let's wrap up. If, what would be your advice to someone that wants to be a pilot? I'd probably say, um, get some experience. Like, go fly with somebody. So you can, like, shadow uh yeah you can kind of like back seat like right in the back seat at least or they have introductory flights with with um schools and stuff go do an introductory flight go ride in a plane because before you get to flying an airbus or boeing or whatever it may be you're going to be in a cessna 172 or a piper archer for a thousand to fifteen hundred hours yes and if you're not comfortable getting pushed around in the wind and one of those things then it's going to be a long long ride Right. There I know a couple kids that started, especially out here. I mean, they roll in, they're eighteen years old, freshmen in college, so oh, this will be fun. Two weeks later, screw that. They're done, you know. So try it. Go try it. Go sit in a plane. Go uh yeah, just go fly around. Ask a bunch ask as many people as you can about the uh, the career. Everyone's gonna have good things to say. Just I would say definitely go get in a plane. Go get in the plane. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this, the plane is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to stick with my teeth, but I'm glad you're doing Stay it. on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Dude, this was fun. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. It's good, yeah. Hopefully. All right. Beneficial. Yeah. Well, we're going to end that here, everybody. Thanks for coming, dude, again. That yeah, was no a good problem. time. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. See ya.